From beanies to carry bags and from shoes to caps, browse our shop now at tntradio.live. This is the Dean Mackin Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Indeed it is. I hope your weekend was wonderful. Mine was pretty good, done good. I went down to visit my mum who just got out of hospital, just got home from having uh, cancer surgery, went for a bit of a drive, had some nice fish and chips down at Cronulla. What more could you want for a weekend and spending some time with my son at the same time as well? Let's get into the week, the working week and lots to talk about. Of course, thank you to Chris Smith. Uh, I will have this hour as my guest, Diana. Dragomirovic, who will be talking about all things COVID and what, wow, what a, a whack of things we've got to talk about with that. And just when you think it's gone, when it's in the rear view mirror, it just keeps popping its ugly head back up. It is here. Well, the consequences of it. I don't think COVID was ever the problem. I think the consequences of the reaction to whether that be planned or otherwise, uh, are something we'll be contending with far longer than anybody could possibly have imagined, except for those, of course, who are complicit with all of it. And I do believe that that is the case. Also, I'll be talking to uh, Joachim Hagopian again, and uh, lots of stuff going on around the world, a big push for World War III and people, you know, having the Americans distracted by things like the Super Bowl, when there are far, far more important things to talk about here in the world. We'll be doing all of that. And of course, catching up with Gemma Cooper imminently as well. Now, if you get cold in winter, all you have to do is turn on Channel 9 because they will gaslight your house they will gaslight you. It will be nice and warm in the bathe of the gaslighting. But no, that's not what gaslighting means. But what they have been doing is gaslighting everybody who is unvaccinated because they don't like, they missed some of us. Some of us were too clever to do that. And if you go to any online poll that exists, it says, how many of you who did not get vaccinated regret it? And there is nobody, there aren't even people pretending. We don't even have the, the usual suspects who get on there and just click the other vote, you know, the opposite vote. To uh, No one's doing it. It's just 100% happiness and uh, contentment, I would suggest. But here's Channel 9, and not just them, but Channel 9 in this particular thing that I got this from, uh, saying, telling people on their news network or their uh, anti-news or their dissemination of false information network that contracting COVID during pregnancy could lead to, their words, severe complications for expectant mothers. Now, that was a UQ study, and it found that the virus, I hope you're sitting down, this is what they're telling people, can cause DNA changes in the placenta. Wow, in the placenta. Did say placenta, by the way. Uh, increasing the likelihood of preeclampsia, stillbirth, and preterm birth. It did say the placenta. It didn't say the embryo. So I'll take from that and hope that is only the case. And of course, I don't believe that for one second, by the way. Now, the study compared the tissue from the placenta of unvaccinated women who tested positive for the virus, you know, and of course, you can have fruit that test positive if you do, you know, this PCR test thing. So uh, again, that's worth what it is, nothing. Uh, and of course, they had been comparing those with those who had not been vaccinated, but infected. And you're sitting there scratching your head thinking, that study seems to have some group missing. It does. It has anybody who is a mother who is vaccinated missing from that study. They are strangely and oddly missing. And I cannot help but wonder why. I cannot help but wonder why 
It's just absolutely crazy. The other thing I was going to open with, but as you would know, we're running a little bit late today, is just some news coming out of New Zealand with the numbers, the numbers that, that doctors and clinics were making for vaccinating people, for rolling out this DNA, this mRNA, I should say. Well, I could, I could call it DNA because we found that there are traces of DNA in the mRNA vaccines of varying amounts. And of course, uh, the, the experts in the world say zero is the safe level for DNA in our mRNA. I would say the safe level for mRNA is zero. Wouldn't that be nice? Let's, as far as it being altered by any kind of man-made, man-made substance. But, you know, we'll all have our own opinions on that, but I suggest many of you might agree. mRNA modification, DNA, let's just leave it alone. Let Mother Nature do what it does best because uh, the doctors, well, maybe they could do some very good things with it. But of course, we have a look at the uh, big pharma industry, who's in it, who profits, and they only profit if you're sick. They only profit if you're unhealthy. Why do they want you to be healthy? Yeah, think about it. Now, don't miss out on a thing. Be sure to download the TNT Radio app from either the Apple App Store or Google Play. You can uh, watch us easily or listen to us anywhere, anytime, available right now to download, keeping you up to speed here at today's News Talk TNT. Keeping the commitment. I love you guys. Unbelievable. 24-7. Listen to you every day, have for years. Today's News Talk Radio TNT. The wonderful, the fantabulous Gemma Cooper joins me now. Gemma, what do you think of that study? You know, they wanted to uh, check what COVID does to women who are pregnant, but unfortunately they left out the bulk of the the population in this study who were those who are apparently vaccinated. They only wanted to find out what happened to those who are unvaccinated. Um, I'm feeling an agenda. I'm feeling some sort of push in this particular study. Yeah, do they really think that people are going to fall for that one? Oh, we just left out a massive cohort of, of people that we should have looked at. I mean, it's just ridiculous, isn't it, that we've come this far in the, the so-called COVID debate and that study is being re- released as something legitimate. Uh, I mean, considering the huge push for jabs, it must be a very small sample of of people well and not we know that we know that so many people refuse the jabs but i mean it doesn't it just makes absolutely zero sense in fact as you were just outlining that story there i thought if anyone falls for this i mean come on it's just it's ludicrous isn't it well it, it is but it's not when you have a look at i mean a study that uh, came out of new zealand jim just having a look at a few studies uh of uh clinics just individual clinics in new zealand this is why they're pushing for it uh can i just read you out a couple of quick numbers um, in yeah, Al- yeah. Albany, $2.6 million. The Amberley Medical Centre, you know, $600,000. Anglesey Pharmacy, $1.4 million. Avalon Medical, you know, in Hamilton, the numbers, $3 million, $2 million, nine if you're down in the Blenheim Health Hub. I mean, this is why they're pushing this thing, because they're missing the, those magical dollars. They're missing them. And those were for jabs, weren't they, the numbers that you've just read out? Oh, oh these, these were what, what they were getting paid to encourage people to get jabbed. This is why, you know, they, they went all out of their way. I've never, I even had a mate of mine who's a doctor who knows what I'm like, and we went down there to get a, a, a medical exemption, a mask exemption off him. And, and he still, and I honestly think he did believe in it because he's had, he tells me for himself, but he was act- so used to advocating that people get it, actually tried to push it on me and my son knowing full well what I'm like. I just couldn't believe it. Yeah, and also it's the the incentivization to put people on ventilators as well, wasn't it? I mean, this the figures that were coming out of America about how much how much doctors were getting to stick you on a ventilator, which pretty much means that's going to finish you off. Once you're on a ventilator, it's it's game over. And the same <clears throat> was happening in the UK. The the the, the of monetization of death 
it is death, isn't it? It, it is. Um, but yeah, isn't it kind of inverted? Isn't is aren't doctors supposed to preserve life at all costs and not have dollar signs or pound signs in their eyes when it comes to preserving human health? Oh, you would certainly hope that is the case, but sometimes you get dollar signs in your eyes. And of course, if they got to put you on, uh, go one step further than what you advocated for, which was the ventilators, if you got somebody onto some some of these uh, super drugs, these ones that said they had a 40%, you know, survival rate or 50% survival rate, I would say they had a 50 or 60% kill rate, um, like remdesivir. Of course, the, the hospital in that case thought they'd had a full house in a game of poker because they got a whopping payout if they got you onto one of those particular drugs uh, yeah i mean but it's it's awful isn't it when you think about it i mean even the hippocratic oath do no harm which if i'm not mistaken i think in the uk now is we'll do what's best i'm not sure that do no yes. harm uh, comes into it and you know we'll we'll do what's best best for who best for the pharmaceutical yeah. industry best for the hospital targets you know but best for who uh it, it's a very strange set of words now i think um and and, and not good for patient care, um, which seems to have gone out of the window a very long time ago. And you're quite right uh, to talk about Big Pharma. And, and 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 we all know this, you know, I would wager people who are our audience at TNT and, and the presenters, you know, it, no incentive to keep anyone healthy because then those firms go out of business. Um, but health lies in our own hands. And, that, you know, there are some amazing organizations over the last few years four years that have sprung up as a direct result of what we've seen, you know, places like the World Council for Health, which just totally advocate personal health, sovereignty and freedom. And that's the good thing is that so many people are taking their health into their own hands now. And the, the last thing anybody wants to do is go to a doctor or take a drug, whereas maybe previously they would have done. Maybe previously the first port call would have been, you know, the, the, the GP here in the UK or the doctor. And they would have, you, people would have been more, you know, willing to roll up their sleeves and take a jab or take a pill. Now it's the exact opposite. So at least some good has come out of the craziness of the last few years. But those figures, you know, they are shocking, the amount of money that was made out of this. Yeah, and that's just something. in the... That's just in the health industries, let alone masks and PPE and all that other scandal that's still ongoing. Yeah, well, people are starting to wake up. I mean, they had us believe Israel was the number one highest vaccinated uh, country in the world. I have always considered that to be, I call it saline central. But here in Australia, where they said we had 95% vaccination status, I would put it at about 65. We now have a 95 percent uh, of people were apparently the anti-vax capital of the world now because nobody's having these boosters here only five percent of people so hence these studies are coming out and the one group you, you can of course scare now the elderly are, have woken up to it but of course pregnant mothers who are going to fear and advocate for a healthy baby if you can convince them that getting this jab is the right thing to do they're going to go and do it but these people are absolutely desperate at this point to get this poison into as many people as possible and I don't think it's working. I don't think it's working. I think you'll find that there'll be a lot of pregnant women that, that turn turn away from it as well and 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 go along with the swathe of public opinion of, well, if it's so brilliant, how come we need to have booster after booster after booster after booster <laughs> after booster after booster after yes. booster? You know, and, you know, the product doesn't seem to be working. Even that's enough to put people off, I think, you know. It really is. And just very quickly, Gemma, I remember a study that I read years ago when I was just, you know, waking up when I was about 18 or 19 and where I always wondered, you know, if a vaccine worked the way they told us, why would you ever need two? And when it even came to animals, you know, you go get your, your animal double done, if, if you will, double vaccinated. And there was a story by a very prevalent vet, veterinarian who said the second one was completely unnecessary and had a whole study, had done all the tests, had all the data. And of course, uh, that story was set to go out into all the veterinary uh, journals. And of course, the uh, advertisers said if that ever made it out out into the uh, to the all the other vets, 
that they would pull their advertising forever and all time from those particular things. So, I mean, that made me wake up, whether it's animals or people, I don't think it really matters to them. It's all about money. And I think that's starting to become more and more apparent to most people. Um, but unfortunately, if you can present them with a scenario that they genuinely believe to um, be very harmful or for them to garner a lot of fear in those people, uh, they're their logic seems to fall apart. We saw that happen over four years. But now, um, after learning that very valuable lesson, I don't think you can play the same trick on people twice. No, I completely agree with you on that one, Dean. I, I really do, do think that, that people will are not bothered. In fact, I saw at the weekend a tiny little, uh, you know, what we call in the newspaper industry a nib, you know, a tiny little article in one of the broadsheet papers here in the UK tucked away on page 17 or something about urging, you know, people to still come forward and get jabbed because, you know, COVID is still really, really dangerous. Tucked away, just tucked away, you know, the, the scaremongering of the, it was so such a contrast to what we saw uh, three, four years ago, the, you know, headline after headline after headline after fear campaign and posters on every bus shelter. There it was tucked away. We'll still get your jab. You know, it's really dangerous. And I thought that's that's the, how it should have been presented four years ago. The new story, nice. you know, that wouldn't have that been nice. You know, some common sense buried away in the middle of the paper. But no, uh, you know, but we've come out the other side of four years ago and the and the landscape politically and energetically is very different now and I think it's quite an exciting time to be alive and where we go from here as people right around the world start standing up to the system not just big pharma but all the other institutions that we were taught to believe in from year dot you know people looking at authority now and thinking no you've got no right to tell me what to do I'm a sovereign being I live my life on my own terms thank you very much I'm not harming anybody leave me alone that's where we are that's where we are that's the gift of the last four years well, let's just hope that those, um, you know, recurring symptoms that we keep hearing about uh, start to taper off over time. Some suggesting they won't, some uh, like me, hoping, hoping that they will. But we'll uh, we'll find out. We'll uh, live to see the day. Uh, Gemma Cooper, we appreciate you coming on. Of course, you'll be back next hour with Sonia Poulton and joining me here tomorrow at TNT. We'll be back right after this break. We're going to be talking to Diana Dragon-Lamirovic right after this. TNT's Misty Winston. She says, how is anyone still talking about October 7th? What Israel has done since October 7th is many times worse than what happened on that day by any conceivable metric. The only way to feel otherwise is to believe Israeli lives are worth many times more than Palestinian lives. How is Israeli suffering still being centered over vastly less significant acts of violence three months ago while ex exponentially worse violence and suffering is being inflicted by Israelis right this very moment? If your nation is attacked and you respond to that attack by immediately murdering thousands of children with incredible savagery, then you forfeit any right to expect anyone to give a shit that your nation was attacked. Israel responded to the Hamas attack by doing something much, much worse than anything Hamas has ever done, and in doing so, completely delegitimizing itself as a state and completely validating everything the Palestinian resistance has been saying about the state of Israel since day one. Misty Winston on today's News Talk TNT. Military families often sacrifice precious time away from loved ones while serving our country. And for those with children, the separation can be especially difficult. We were worried that with him leaving, that she would lose those connections with her dad. Some of life's best moments happen between parents, children, and the pages of a good book. United Through Reading provides that connection. You can watch your mom or dad read a book to you, and it almost feels like they're really there. We ensure they remain a consistent, meaningful part of their children's lives, no matter the distance. Just seeing Jacob 
recognize Daddy again after a long time just melted my heart. And now, as we're facing greater isolation from our loved ones, United Through Reading is also available to veterans. Learn more about United Through Reading and download our free secure app at unitedthroughreading.org. Today's News Talk Radio. Now we're talking. Turn it up, TNT. My next guest is a regular here on the program. Absolutely unbelievable. Diana Dragomirovic. She is an entrepreneurial CEO with extensive corporate experience. She's the founder and chief expert on the of the lead icon and of course CEO of the Australian Medical Network. We're going to be talking about a lot of things today, including uh, appropriate terms of reference for the very, very necessary COVID-19 Royal Inquiry. We're going to be talking about Daniel Shepard as well, the guy who uh, just had a landmark, or well, I, I consider it to be a landmark decision in the uh, SA Tribunal. Where do you want to start, Deanna? <laughs> I know we have a lot of news to cover, don't we? We certainly do. Sorry, I'm, um, your volume is a little bit low in my ear, but I will do my best to hit, to listen. Okay. Um, so, with respects to the to Daniel, is that better? Yeah, that's much better. Whatever that just happened, that's brilliant. Okay, good. All right. Um, thanks for your patience on that. I just got some new um, equipment, and you know what it's like <laughs> when you start using new equipment. It's it's yep. a bit stressful, but anyway. So, yeah, Shepherd, the Shepherd South Australian case, um, where, where would you like to start? Well, a, a couple of things just very quickly. Um, I, I'm really hanging on what you're going to say um, in regards to his case today because I'm chatting with him on this program tomorrow afternoon. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to having a, a chat with him. But it's just terrific. I mean, finally a win. You know, I mean, somebody who, who didn't want to have the jab, who had to to keep his job, and finally has got a, a verdict that uh, seems rather sensible. The interesting thing about his case is that the it's it's an employer um, you know versus him. So what the employer tried to do was argue that he wasn't um, you know the compensation you know is 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 actually not their problem because the directive for you know the vaccination came from the government. But the uh, South Australian Employ Employment Tribunal actually found against that. So. Um, Mr. Shepherd not only is going to be receiving medical assistance, but he's also going to get workers' compensation, which is which is which is great for him. And what's really interesting here, Dean, is that the employer actually agreed that whatever he took from you know the vaccine caused his pericarditis. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a, a big takeaway from that. The other thing as well is um, I dare say this could set a precedent for many other businesses. That being the case, I would hope all those businesses get together and have a class action against the pharmaceutical industry. Um, you can also advocate maybe they could do that against the government because let's face it, the government was behind the push for them to go and do that. You know, I mean, the government just passed the buck onto them. The problem with that is if they're successful, you know, we're robbing Peter to pay Paul. It's all coming out of the taxpayer's pocket when the people who should be paying up are, of course, Big Pharma. Then this is a really contentious area because, like you said, for you know, for employers, they were they thought they were doing the right thing, and what they didn't do is they didn't probably get the advice they should have from you know a, a solicitor to find out what could possibly come back at them. So this is this is exactly a problem, and and if you're a small business, say. How are you going to be able to handle that type of compensation, medical bills, 
Um, I, I, I'm really, you know, um, interested to see, you know, how this is going to play out. Do, are you aware of the other the other case in in New South Wales that also um, that also had a bit of a win for for a lady who is a uh, she was a from what I'm looking at she was a teacher a special needs teacher but she took the Department of Education to court and won and then they took her back to the appeals court basically saying that it's not it's not their fault but the um, appeals court found in favour of. Diane Dawkins, so you might want to also talk to her. That's great. I'm loving it. I, I'm suspecting that this change, and I'm just speculating, I'm purely speculating because I know so, and I do mean so many people that just don't feel the same after they were forced to get vaccinated. And of course, now that these people are those who are on tribunals and in courtrooms, uh, you know, either as judges, magistrates, I mean, maybe they're getting a bit of a chest pain that they never had before. And maybe they're starting to see, you know, exactly what they may have done to themselves as well. And this is being translated into decisions in court, court you know, tribunals and courts. I don't know if that's the case. Perhaps it is. We will definitely be seeing more cases now, you know, 2024, 2025, 2026. That, that's, a, that's inevitable. The, the challenge will be the compensation, you know, who pays. Because if you look at the um, vaccine injury scheme, the government has, has extended that and they've changed some things around it. But it's very complicated to get compensation. So there are a couple of uh, really good lawyers who are helping, um, I guess, people who need help in this area. And one is in in, um, in Brisbane. So maybe I should connect you with them so you can yeah. talk to them more about like what they're actually doing and the, the challenges they're having. Well, I, I really do hope that they are discerning between those who were truly coerced, those who were very loud, you know, amongst their colleagues and said, I don't want to get this. I have to get this. I've got to pay my mortgage versus those ones. And we know the type who were pushing their way to the front of the line with their arm out to get vaccinated. I mean, I, I don't think those people should possibly even be compensated. I mean, they were they were told that there was a risk associated, some of them. Um, but again, they didn't listen to the rest of us. They didn't want to listen. Uh, maybe that's just me being a bit nasty. I don't think it is because I remember how nasty that particular group were to those of us who advocated to abstain. Then I think we need to, I, I hear where you're coming from and this is where I think we need to dig, dig deep in our compassion because if we if we stay divisive, you know, that just then extends into other areas of, you know, whatever else comes up in the world. And I think here if somebody is injured, regardless of, you know, what their position was, you know, we, we should we should help them. It's it, and that's the first that's the first step in medicine. You you help people regardless of where they're at. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to compensation, I'm one thousand percent on board with these pharmaceutical companies reaching deep into their pockets, and if a few <laughs> of them go under. Bye-bye. I mean, good riddance to bad rubbish. Now, of course, we, we've had people who have noticed, you know, all these uh, these deaths that are well and truly above what we have known to become our average uh, tolls year after year. We've had people like Senator Ralph Babette who have been pushing to look into this. We've had, you know, certain politicians, Jackie Lambie, uh, you know, for, for example, who uh, have voted against this. We have people like Senator Malcolm Roberts, who, of course, have been pushing for these, these inquiries, you know, possibly even a Royal Commission into the whole code. COVID situation, wouldn't it be lovely to have one of those and one that was fair income? 
It would be wonderful to have a Royal Commission and we we submitted our submission for that and we had about 12 points on this. And one of the, you know, there's about, I won't go into all 12 areas, otherwise we'll be, I'll take up the rest of your show. But the most important thing, I think, is to review how we responded and to have a more, um, I guess, open approach to it so that you have a multidisciplinary approach to experts. Because I remember at the time we were reaching out to the Prime Minister, the Health Minister, and the you know, the door was closed. So what does it take to get a seat at the table and and to actually discuss and provide provide the um the expertise that we see on the ground? Because they live in a lot of, you know, they live in their in their bubbles. You know, they're making decisions and, and complex decisions. But we can give them as a community some, some you know, on the ground results and, and advice that would be very helpful. Yep. Now, everybody, we're talking, of course, to Diana Dragomirovic, and uh, she is the CEO of the Australian Medical Network. We do have to do our news headlines, but we'll be back with Diana right after this short break. Now, TNT Radio News. Show them how it's done. Let's go. I, I got news for you. News. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. Former US Secretary of State Hillary Clinton has been heckled by pro-Palestinian protesters at an event in New York. The brother of dead pedophile Jeffrey Epstein's released a never-before-seen photo of his autopsy, which he claims proves the sex trafficker didn't kill himself. And SpaceX CEO Elon Musk has denied claims by Ukraine that he has been supplying his Starlink satellite internet service to Russian troops on the front line. Don't miss a thing. Be sure to download the TNT radio app from either the Apple App Store or Google Play so you can easily listen live to us anywhere, anytime. Available right now to download. Keeping you up to speed on TNT radio. And we're with CEO of the Australian Medical Network, Diana Dragomirovic, and we're talking about a whole bunch of things pertaining to COVID and what's happened, the fallout from that. And I think that's probably an appropriate uh, term. And of course, affecting businesses in ways that probably we couldn't have imagined as the economy slows, we've got less and less people returning to work. We've got high off office vacancies and I help, can't help but think somehow this all ties in. It's, it's actually interesting to observe how business is bouncing back. And so there's several things here, Dean. There's, uh, you've got employees, you know, working in this hybrid model and employers are trying to get their employees back to work because let's face it, productivity is not, you know, is not always that easy to measure when someone's working from home unless you have a business where, You've got that set up in a in a very um, I guess sophisticated manner, but for most employers, it's it's very difficult to measure that. Secondly, um, the vacancies because you're dealing with you know high value real estate. If you've got an empty floor, you know that that's high rents, isn't it? Yeah. And so they can rent that out to another employee employer down the track, I guess. But what will happen? The the um, my guess is that probably leading into next year, the the tables will turn where the employers will be demanding that there's more you know in office time, and and those who are in office will be the ones that actually you know get promoted or receive you know those you know you know the taps on the shoulders and the ones that just want to work at home. It's nice to have that hybrid, but 
I think we will see, you know, a return back to the office, um, you know, in, in due course because of the costs, the costs yeah. to run a business. I mean, I certainly hope that is the case. I mean, I don't want to be a hypocrite either because there are some things that came out of COVID that I don't mind. I mean, for yeah. example, you know, my next door neighbor's wife works as an uh, insurance uh, uh, person for an insurance company. So, you know, when you're doing your claim on the phone, she got to work from home and subsequently continues to work from home. And I think that makes a lot of sense, not having so many people on the road to go to these big office buildings in the morning and whatnot, um, even in radio and TV. You know, many of the biggest names in radio now doing their radio shows from home in the morning because you can, because of technology. So, I mean, I certainly don't mind that. But it's um, the other thing about COVID, the period as well, people who had never done online shopping, of course, had switched to it because it was the, according to them, or being what they were being told, the safer option and have stuck with it. They might save a dollar or two. But, um, I'm noticing the shopping centres, the movie theatres, everything seems to not be anything even close, even the supply chains of things that I used to take for granted. Now, every second time I go to the shops, they're not there. Again, do you think this is a fallout from COVID? Absolutely. Supply chains have been quite affected by COVID. Like I, you know, I go to a particular health food store and I, I buy my, you know, supplements from there and whatnot. And I sometimes have to wait for them to be delivered. So, so you're right. But this is a very important thing you raise. So how do we as a country became, become more sustainable in these areas so that we are more self-sufficient to, to weather such supply shocks because we are so far away? I'm, I'm really, you know, intrigued to find, you know, the, the, you know, the answers to that. And even though the government is investing a lot in, you know, the manufacturing sector, it's still not. It's still not enough to help boost bolster bolster this. But you're right. It's it's wonderful to see. You know, um, COVID has helped. You know, improve our lives in one way. But on the other hand, um, I think there's a lot of people who are living with trauma. Dean, I was at a at a um, at an event yesterday, and it was it was basically an entrepreneurial event, and there was about 500 people there, and. The theme was chaos, you know, how do we live in a world of chaos? And, and you know, people are scared of what's, what, what they perceive might be coming, you know, like food shortages. And how much of that is real? How much of that is, you know, is, is incitement from, I guess, you know, media? I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, well, I, I I tend to agree with what you said. As far as what do I think, I'm just going to wait and see at this point because it's really getting hard to predict. Um, lots of things in play. I've just got to ask you a, a a quick question though. With with the way we are living our lives, the way we're bouncing back from what happened to us over the last four years, um, would it be fair to say, A, I don't think we could possibly make any of the same mistakes that we're going to make again, um, and we're a lot less likely to trust. Um, a lot of our health professionals, certainly the mainstream media. So do you think there's a big positive that may have come out of all of this where we will be resilient and to any kind of future, uh, I won't say attack, any kind of future reoccurrence of the last four years? Let's just put it that way. 100%. From that event I was at yesterday, you could hear that people, you know, it's 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 the grassroots that is going to affect change. And that then trickles up, you know, into corporate, into government, because, you know, you have to, they have to listen to what, you know, government works for us at the end of the day. You know, corporations work for us because we're their customers. But 
The challenge here is power and governance. How do we keep that in check? How do we actually keep that in check as a populace? Because we spoke about this a while ago, Dean, where, you know, we're a representative democracy, which means that we, you know, we pick, a, you know, a prime minister and then he or she picks their cabinet. So what then happens is almost becomes out of our control. So how do we focus on the things that are in our control? So that's that's important for us to focus on. And as as you said, you know, community, having public debates, getting together, TNT radio, like TNT radio, the way that you allow for different voices to to share, you know, the the real experience without censoring, that's amazing. So, you know, I, I'm like, we're very grateful for it. So thank you. Well, I would hope at some point, you know, what we do here at TNT will be commonplace and the truth will be out there and those who have lied and especially those who have lied and knew they were lying will be held to account, whether that be in the media, government, in the medical fraternity, whatever. But as long as we've got people like you, Diana, uh, out there keeping them honest, I think it's going to be very difficult for them to do so. So thank you. Thank you to the Australian Medical Network for the work that you do. And of course, um, just, just quickly tell people where they can get a hold of you on, online if they wish to do that. They can reach us at uh, www.australianmedicalnetwork.com and um, and you can reach out to us, you know, if you need any, you know, a connection with a doctor or a health professional all around Australia or if you, if you have a question, you know, feel free to reach out to us. I think you're absolutely ter terrific, everybody. Diana Dragomirovic, and, of course, uh, we'll be talking to her again in the not-too-distant future. Thank you for coming on the program today. Coming up after the break, we're going to be talking to Wa Kim Hagopian, and, boy, do we have a lot to chat about here at TNT. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. One of the more amazing things I've seen recently took place last week at a Senate hearing looking into social media and the negative effects it has on our children. Here's Senator Josh Howley confronting... Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg. 37% of teenage girls between 13 and 15 were exposed to unwanted nudity in a week on Instagram. You knew about it. Who did you fire? Senator, this is why we're building all Who these did you fire? Tools. Senator, that's, I don't think that that's... Who did you fire? Uh, I'm not going to answer that. Because um, <laughs> I mean, you didn't is... fire anybody, right? You didn't take Senator, any significant I, I action. It's appropriate to talk about... It, it, like it's not appropriate. Decisions Do you know who's like sitting that. behind you? Holly then pointed out to Zuckerberg that in attendance were parents of children who have been harmed or, as he put it, are now gone. Would you like to apologize for what you've done to these good people? I, 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 I'm sorry for everything that you've all been through. Zuckerberg getting up and apologizing, of course, too little, too late. But what we saw was virtually unprecedented. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on TNT. Sometimes a car comes along that changes everything with innovations never thought possible and features that make you wonder, how did people survive without this? This is that time and this is that car. This is the world's first BWB. Equipped with transparent doors to eliminate reasonable suspicion, whatever that means. 
a 10 and 2 steering wheel that keeps hands visible at all times. We remove the glove box so there's no confusion about what the driver is reaching for. With a touch of a button, the ultrasonic biometric scanner displays the license and registration of the driver to ensure contactless exchange of information. With no trunk, nothing can be concealed, so therefore, there is nothing to search and seize. To ensure you will never be mistaken for breaking the speed limit, we've installed limited edition airless tires. And we remove the engine because, honestly, why risk it? DWB, the first vehicle of its kind, where the safety feature is the car itself. Telling it as it is, this is the Dean Mackin Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Now, before we get to our next guest, let me remind you that last December, Julian Assange's two-day public hearing was announced for February 20 and 21 at the UK High Court to determine whether Julian will have permission to appeal whether he will be extradited to the United States or not. Now, TNT will be at the Royal Courts of Justice broadcasting and covering the entire two days. Uh, then we will broadcast from various locations throughout London and we'll be lighting the fuse for freedom. We're right here at TNT, as we do when we talk to terrific people like Joachim Hagopian. He's a West Point graduate, former army officer. He's the author of Don't Let the Bastards Get You Down. He's also, um, after a military, after the military, Joachim earned a master's degree in clinical psychology and worked as a licensed therapist. Uh, he's an independent journalist, has been for over eight years. He's written hundreds of articles for many news sites, including Global Research, LeeRockwell.com, and one that I check out all the time now, The Government Rag, and we've got him with us again, Joachim Hagopian. How are you going? I was just saying to you off air, mate, I, I like when I talk to you because, uh, you know, I can actually say things that, you know, I used to elude to on commercial radio, but here at TNT, we can say exactly, well, you know, as far as anyone can, uh, what we want to advocate for. A couple of things, you know, uh, you know, we've got uh, America, Israel working together, really pushing hard for World War Three. Tucker Carlson doing absolutely what they didn't want the, him to do, show what a reasonable, what an in intelligent, what a well-informed person and somebody who act, actually uh, focuses what he is going to do for his people based on what his people have done for hundreds of years, explaining history, understanding history and just how important history is. Unlike here in Australia, they're, they're letting these lefties chop down statues of our colonial history and rewriting history. What a terrific fella Vladimir Putin is and what a terrific fella Tucker Carlson is for doing that interview. Absolutely. You know, we got to get the alternative truth out there that the media, mainstream especially, will not allow. So, you know, this is a big step because Putin got to talk to America and the world. And we only see it very limited. They're always demonizing this poor guy because they're afraid. They're afraid that their agenda will no longer be supported by the people. If the truth comes out and Putin's full of truth, I mean, I, I have to say everything the guy says is true. It makes sense. 
He's the only adult in, on the global stage yes. now. Only one. It's so true. He really is. And he showed himself to be that person. Any, and, and I love how he addresses people. Any intelligent, any free thinking, any logical person can see. And he says that quite quite openly. Um, I, I, I would love to have a leader like, like him in our country, for you in your country. Um, you know, like, again, I mean, I'm of the opinion Donald Trump, yeah, he's certainly going to be better than a decrepit, demented Biden. But again, not somebody that I entirely trust and someone who I shall forever remember as the guy who, op who rolled out Operation Warp Speed. And all, all, all the good things he's done, you know, maybe closing the border a little bit, building a wall, advocating for American business. These are all things that were commonplace in all of our Western world um, before our government was infiltrated by agents of that other group of people. Yeah, I, I basically believe that he is controlled opposition. They normally, certainly in the West, this is true. In order to rise up to a level of a national leader, they will not let you in because they fix the elections. And if you're not basically going to sell your soul to the devil and do what you're told by the higher ups, we know that they're all puppets, so if they don't do what they're told and commit to doing that, they're not going to make it to that level. And I, I believe that pretty much, I mean, maybe Putin is an exception because in that country, they are allowing somebody that wants to do good for his own people to rule the country, you know. But certainly in the West, it's not possible. I, it's 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 just not uh, just getting back and you know changing back to uh, the situation over in uh, in Gaza at the moment and just some horrific stuff you know coming out of there some uh, you know soldiers in bulldozers boasting they've cleared out entire neighbourhoods levelled what's left of hospitals and schools and whatnot just absolutely horrific stuff going on and uh, some some dancing and cheering and it's you said it reminded you of the ones who I think. Uh, when 9-11 happened, the ones that got caught up on the rooftop, all set up with the big cameras, all ready as if they knew what was going to happen. And that reminded me of something I'd forgotten about. Do you remember the four-part Fox News story that it really outed Israel for a whole range of issues? They aired three of the four parts. The fourth part never went to air. Subsequently, those four episodes got pulled from the Fox News archives. For a long time, they were freely available on YouTube. I went to find the three remaining ones today, and it has been whitewashed. The whole thing has been whitewashed. It goes to show that which particular country is pulling all the, the strings. Sure. I mean, the history goes back. They've been annihilating Arabs and Muslims for a long time. I mean, what, 75 years as a nation, they've been doing that. And then, you know, the USS Liberty, they killed 34 U.S. naval uh, sailors. Uh, they didn't pay for that. You know, they were protected by the Washington, D.C. government. Uh, on and on. They, they are part of 911, obviously. 3,000 Americans died. Do they pay for that? No. Netanyahu sits in a Jerusalem bar back in 1990 bragging how America is, is basically the cash cow, the golden calf, he called it. Uh, and we we hate them and we use them. And, and you know, it just from the from the whole history, you know, they've gotten away with murder literally over and over and over again. And never have they been held account. No. Never.
And I think people really need to look into the neocons, you know, the Zionist agenda and who really does control many of the politicians in America. Have a look at how many people uh, were of a certain persuasion uh, or group, if you will, uh, on the CDC. I mean, th this stuff, it, it defies all kind of logic. It defies all kind of num numeric, uh, you know, it can't be a coincidence. And again, there seems to be an active group who, who are working to establish a new world order. The problem is for that group. They are not nearly as smart as they think they are. They're not as smart as the Russians. They're not as smart as the Chinese. And it's really starting to all fall apart, come apart at the seams for them, in my opinion. I agree. I think that finally people are catching on to the cabal criminal enterprise that is run by the Zionists. Well, there might be some Fourth Reich uh, Nazis in there. They're in it. Illuminati, Satanists, Luciferian. Freemasons, they're all in it together, you know, at the top levels. Um, but it's a cabal run by, you know, I've said it many times, the Rothschilds, Rockefellers, royal families, all of those guys are in these secret societies that are doing this to humankind. They want us dead, 90 to 95% of us depopulated within the next year, two or three. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I mean, originally, you know, I was going to sit on the fence a little bit when it came to the the whole, you know, Gaza-Israel thing, because it does divide conservatives down the middle. But then I, I remembered why I got into this. My job was to to educate people, to tell people what I had learned. And it really does surprise me that so many people were advocating for Israel, and not only because of that totally disproportionate counterattack, if you will, if you want to call it that, um, and all the women and children who died, but quite simply because, as, as you alluded to, with the Rothschilds and whatnot, if you have a look at so many of the things that conservatives, or the things that made people conservative, the problems that exist in the Western world uh, that have created us as conservatives, you can trace so many of the roots of those problems back to these, you know, Zionists and neo-conservatives. And again, it's not me being some kind of, uh, you know, tin hat wearing conspiracy theorist. You just have to follow the money and you can see it each and every time. Yeah. Yeah, it, it kind of surprised me that the same supposedly GOP, and I don't go into the GOP uh, versus Democrat politics, that's so superficial. You yeah. can't even talk in terms of countries now because that all the leaders are puppets and they're run by this whole oligarchic kind of elite that runs everything. But I was surprised. Some of the Republicans that were against money for Ukraine Oh, we got to back Israel. I mean, it just doesn't <laughs> yes. make sense. Oh, yes. And right, it, it's just crazy. And, of course, you know which governments aren't full of their puppets because they're the ones that they declare to be their enemies. Of course, you had ones like the Chinese, like the Russians, who were smart enough to play along, you know, you know, keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer, pretend to, to play the game as long as you can. And then when you can't play it any longer, you just pull the pin and, and go your separate ways after you've got the, uh, uh, you know, a few little byproducts, a few little presents as a result of joining the cabal, joining the group. And it's all, as I think it really is starting to come apart at the seams. We've got the BRICS uh, group of nations that's expanding at a rate of knots now. The American dollar having almost zero significance, you know, compared to what it used to be. And of course, the only thing that allows America to stand tall is that American dollar, and it is uh, sparingly used uh, for mass transactions now. And of course, you know, you know the ruble, and of course, the Chinese uh, currencies are being used to pay for oil and energy uh, globally now. So it's really not looking good for a long-term future for America unless the American people wake up and take their country back from this corrupt government. Totally agree. Uh, we have to rise up. The people have to stand. Because 
like I say, there is a genocide going on, not just in Palestine, but the entire human race. So we have to step up and we have to unify on a grassroots level worldwide because we have all we need to do is get the truth and then feel empowered enough to be able to say, F you, you know, we're not going to play along. We're doing it our way, which is the righteous way, which is mutual respect. All nations deserve mutual respect, sovereignty. These are all international laws that unfortunately the United States and many of the Western countries do not follow. They have their international rules-based order, you know, which is, you know, uh, rules for thee, not for me, you know, exceptionalism. And that's America, basically. And, and you know, it's the empire. It's just becoming, you know, blatantly obvious now. And that whole thing, you know, this whole duopoly, uh, you know, uh, unipolar political system, it's now at the point where I don't think anybody's falling for the, you know, so-called uh, conservative side of it anymore. It just really isn't uh, passing the litmus test. But uh, we're waking up, and because of people like you, Joaquin Hagopian, mate, we're waking up at a faster rate, and because of recent events as well, you know, waking people up and... Uh, uh, lots of health issues, lots of political just nonsense and possibly World War Three at our doorstep because one group who, uh, you know, will have everybody else fight for them but won't fight themselves, I would imagine, um, will, would have that happen because they'll profit from it. But at the end of the day, nobody will profit from a World War Three. In fact, it'll be uh, a, just a total loss for the entire universe. But of course, we can wake up, can't we, Joaquin? But it's, I don't think it's too late, but we're almost at the point where it is. I, I think we are, I've been saying this for a while, you know, uh, critical mass, it, it's happening. It's happening. It is, uh, mate. Well, Kim, we've only got about 10 seconds to go. Always appreciate you coming on the program. I think you're terrific. Everybody, check him out, thegovernmentrag.com. Of course, you can Google him, Wakim, J-O-A-C-H-I-M, Hagopian, H-A-G-O-P-I-A-N. He is terrific. Read his articles, a true champion. I'm Dean Mackin. This is TNT. Sonia Poulton coming up next. I'll catch you all tomorrow.